Ephesians 3, 16 through 20. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how high and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at, in, that is at work within you, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I'm gonna climb a 
together. Thank you, praise team. Welcome to everyone here and those listening on Facebook and tuning in, listening on the radio and tuning in on Facebook Live with us this morning. We have a few announcements. Mark Bird is with us this morning. He is jumping in with the worship team along with Kent Miller today, and he will also be sharing what he's doing with Revive Ohio, and he will be sharing the morning message with us. So we're excited to have them both here um, and excited to hear what Mark has to share with us this morning. Also, the rose on the altar is in honor of Roger and Ruby Setledge, who will celebrate 72 years of marriage on June 19th. Happy anniversary. All right, at this time, I'll ask you to stand for our call to worship this morning, and it's taken from Psalm 96, and the words are in your bulletin. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord, most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound in all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord. For he comes, he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and all the peoples in faithfulness. If you please remain standing for our praise song this morning. Uh, let's see, my, it's called My Jesus. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way where there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you. 
who would care that much about me? Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes the way where there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. And the good news is I know that he can do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. And let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. the children to come forward for children's chat with Mrs. Maria. You guys can all take a seat. Good morning. How are you guys today? You're good today? All right. All right. Here comes a couple more. Coming from up above. Good deal. Good deal. How are you guys today? Is anybody tired like me? You're not tired? Well, you guys definitely wore me out this week. What did we do this week? Bible school? Bible school? Did we have fun at Bible school? Yeah? McKenna, what was your favorite part of Bible school? Singing. You like to sing with Miss Beth. Okay. Avery, what was your favorite part? Art time with Mrs. Hirschfeld. What about you? You have craft. You like the crafts. Camden, what did you like? Snack. Of course he's a boy. He would love the snack part. What about you? Crafts. What was your favorite part, Lila? Singing. Yeah, we had a good time at Bible school, didn't we? So what did we learn at Bible school? We learned about Jesus. Did we learn about how Jesus is our foundation? And if we build our life on Jesus as the cornerstone, we're going to have a good life, aren't we? If we keep him a part of it. And we learned, though... That if you build your house on sand and a big storm comes along, what's going to happen to that sand in that house? It will fall down. You're right, Addie. It will fall down. Yep, the house will fall down. But Jesus is always there with us to help keep our house big and strong as long as we welcome him into our heart. Right? Yeah. And so we were so excited this week that you all decided to share some time with us. There were a lot of us here, weren't there? Yeah? And it was really cool in here? No. Did we sweat buckets full this week? Yeah. But it was fun, wasn't it? 
Yes, it was. It was fun to worship God together and to see all you kids together. And we're so glad that you came. Okay? So, let's say a quick prayer. And then Mrs. Werwell is going to sing a song and she would like you guys to help her sing it. Okay? It's one of our songs from VBS. So, if you want to stay up here and sing with her, she would really love that. Okay? And then you'll get to come back and sing again later. Okay? So if you want to stay and sing, you can. Let's pray first. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this week. What a blessing it was to hear the children sing of your love and to hear the rafters rising. It was beautiful. Thank you that we could all meet together and worship you this year and bring us all together and to remember that Jesus loves us no matter what. In his name we pray. Amen. Okay, stay here if you want to sing. Okay. You'll hear all about VBS um, in a little bit here, but if you're, if kids are willing, you guys can go ahead and stand up. Um, our offering this morning goes towards the uh, gospel tent at the Alglaze County Fair. So as the um, deacons come forward to collect this morning's offering, uh, we hope that you are blessed with a little preview of what went on at VBS this year.
invite you to remain standing for hymn number 31, Great is the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to gather and to praise you. And God, we praise you for a great week that we had at VBS. You moved in incredible ways, Lord, and we thank you for the way that you worked in the hearts and the minds of our kids and our volunteers and our teachers, Lord. It was just a wonderful week of learning about you and praising your name. God, we also lift up those on the cares and concerns list this morning. You know the situations that are being faced, Lord, and I pray that you would be with those individuals. Give them comfort and work in their lives according to your will. We also pray that the funds raised this morning for the gospel tent um, would go for your glory, Lord, that that tent would impact many people this year at the fair, Lord, and that um, your love would be put on display there at the fair. God, I also pray for Mark as he gives the message this morning. I pray that you would speak through him, that your spirit would be working, Lord. I pray that you would, that we would have open hearts and open minds to what you have put on his heart to share with us. So God, we invite you into this place this morning. We ask that your spirit would move 
as we continue to worship you. And we pray all of these things in your son's name. He taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. that my cheat sheet was here earlier pastor singing such a powerful song it's a good thing that the scripture lesson is short this morning because i am winded today's scripture is mark 16 all of verses 15 and 16 he said to them go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. good start. It's great to be back, and it's great to be among the land of the living, honestly. I don't know if many of you are aware, but I actually contracted the COVID virus back at the end of April, and I got tested and confirmed positive a couple days later. And then I got extremely sick in the midst of that, and I was actually hospitalized several days later with what they called severe COVID pneumonia. Let me tell you, it's not fun. How many of you had COVID this season, right? It's not fun. Would you agree? And after I was hospitalized several days with that, the body of Christ began to come together. I was in the hospital. I was so out of it. And uh, the worst feeling ever that I've ever experienced was not being able to pray for myself. I've never experienced that in my whole life because I pray for people for a living, honestly. I do this like I have no problem going and praying for people that are struggling with whatever they're struggling with, but I found myself in a spot where I couldn't of the church, of the body of Christ. And that's part of what I want to talk to you about today because friends and and family and and neighbors and relatives and all these people, they began coming together and praying for me as the news started to leak out that I was struggling in the hospital with COVID and people began to pray. And literally, I have my phone with me and people are texting me that they're praying for me and I can't even respond because I'm literally that sick. But I know that the church, the body of Christ is all praying for me, right? I'm now beginning to reap what I've sown for all these years, right? Which is a beautiful thing. And so I share all that 
not to really focus on me and my sickness, but really that we can bring our focus together, that we can learn from this, that God has his body. He has his people. And we are called to pray for one another. And God began to use those prayers for me. And so then I was only in the hospital two days. Because the church, I'm telling you, it's because the church was praying for me. And I got a, I got a text that they, they had called an emergency online prayer meeting. Literally, and there was 64 people online praying for me. I couldn't even lift my head. But yet the body of Christ was coming together. Again, I'm not sharing any of this to bring attention to me, but I want to bring attention to God and how good he is today. And listen, if you don't feel like that makes a difference, if you don't feel like your little prayer can make a difference, let me tell you what God does with our little prayers is he puts them together with everybody else's little prayers, and he multiplies that, and he hears our prayers. And here's the most beautiful part. He answers our prayers. And so I'm able to stand here before you today, number one, because Pastor Joel invited me, and you guys are gracious enough to have me, but literally I'm able to stand here today before you because God truly answers our prayers. And that's really what I want to focus today. Because during this thing, I had lots and lots of things scheduled. How many have busy lives? Would you be willing to admit that this morning, that you have a busy life? Right? And so in the midst, even of ministry, I had all these different things lined up. All these uh, speaking engagements, if you will, um, lined up and... God said, it's time to sit me down. And I don't understand that. And I don't maybe I'll never understand fully what God's trying to do in that. But one thing I can tell you 100% for sure is God and I got even closer during this time. When you're down like that, the only thing you really have is Jesus. He's always faithful. The Bible describes him as a friend that sticks closer than a brother, right? And I love it because I really began to realize how good and how precious his body is. And that's you. That's the church. Look at your neighbor this morning and say, you are the church. I honestly, Paul writes several times and says, The church isn't a building. The church is the people. And when God's people come together, yes, it's great when we can come together in a building, right? It is beautiful. What a blessing it is that we have. But when God's people come together to worship and to encourage one another and begin to pray for one another, things actually happen. And that's the thing that I... I want to try to bring our attention to today. Things actually happen when God's people respond to God. Right? And so here's the thing. And and we may worship different, and different churches may have different worship styles and all that. But listen, all 
prayers. Does God want your money? Think about those things. Before you jump to yes, I want you to think about something. I want you to think about this. What God really wants is your heart. Because if God has your heart, you will also have your worship. You will also have your money if he has your heart. You will also have everything that you are. What God is interested in is a relationship with his church. God isn't interested in a relationship with our buildings. God is interested in a relationship with us. And if we give God our whole heart. And you know, the Pharisees in Jesus' day tried to trip him up. And they said, okay, Master, you know, yeah, uh, the law says we've got 613 commandments, right? But we want to know from you directly, like, what is the greatest commandment? So they thought they could trip him up, right? Okay, so what's he going to prioritize over another? We got him now. What's the greatest commandment, Jesus? And he said, why? Try to unmute. Thank you, Connie. So, what I was getting at was expressing our soul to God. Hopefully that, that's helping. Now i got to stand here in this spot, right? Okay, so what I'm talking about this morning is expressing our hearts to God. Because God is looking for all of us. He's not looking for part-time. He's not looking for 90% of us. He's looking for all of it. And the Pharisees tried to trip Jesus up. And ask him, what is the greatest commandment? So he answered and said, to love the Lord your God with everything. To sum it all up in one word, he said, to love. And he didn't stop there. He said, in the second part is this, that you would love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, 
If you can do those two things, you can fulfill all 613 laws. If you can just figure out how to love God and how to love others, you got it down. And so what I want to ask today and what we're going to dive into here in the scriptures today is in 2021, how do you go about loving your neighbor? Like, how do you love your neighbor? It it, it sounds so simple. So first of all, you have to say, well, who is my neighbor? Is that the person that lives next door to me? Is that the person that lives in the same town as me? Who, who is our neighbors in 2021? And literally, practically, now, let's face it, Jesus said that a long time ago, didn't he? Like, hey, love your neighbor, but that was a long time ago. He's never met my neighbors. <laughs> right? Right? How many of you, don't raise your hand on this one. How many of you have a neighbor that's a little hard to love, right? Don't raise your hand on that. But, but let's think about this in a practical sense. Because Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love God and love your neighbor. So I think it's a little important to him. So let's talk about this in, in kind of a practical sense. How do you love your neighbor? So let's say that you did have a neighbor physically that lived next door that you didn't necessarily like or get along with and keeping in mind that Jesus said we're supposed to love them what is the best way to love your neighbor how do you do that in a practical sense does that mean you should run over and kiss them does that mean that you should high five them I don't know what does that look like in 2021 does that mean you should hand them money? What, what is a good way to love your neighbor in 2021? Like, what does that look like? So let me share some nuggets and possibly help, help us answer that today. But uh, as the reading, the reading that we had today, um, and the gal shared Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, God is good. God is so good. And his mercy endures forever. So Mark chapter 16, 15 and 16 is worth repeating here this morning. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. What in the world does that have to do with loving your neighbor? Does that mean that you have to, like, stand up on a soapbox and preach at your neighbor? Is that what he's talking about? Anybody have a guess? Well, he said preach the gospel in all the world, right? But think about this. That word preach there, it means to tell. It's it's the same word as, like, proclaiming or reading a newspaper. Literally, it's to give information to. It's to share it's to tell. How many of you ever heard of the, the game that's called show and tell, right? It's show and tell. Okay, it's live. You're on. It's show and tell. Like, well, what are you supposed to show? The love of Jesus. 
right? Preaching the gospel, gospel is translated as what? Good news, right? Tell about good news. Well, here's the thing. Do you have anything worth telling? Do you have anything worth sharing? Do you have anything worth showing? This is the same. So if you love God, you will automatically want to love others. Remember I said that God wants our whole heart? He wants our whole heart. He wants us to worship Him. He wants us to sing praises to Him. He wants to give everything that we are to Him because then He will be able to teach us how to love others. Let me suggest this morning, you can't love anybody else. The Bible says until you love yourself. And that's a tough one. Honestly. So I want you to do this. Take your right arm and put it on your left shoulder. Okay? And say this. I forgive you. It's a tough thing, guys. It is a tough thing. It's a tough thing to forgive yourself. But it starts with you. If you, if you can't forgive yourself, you can't forgive others. And if you want to love your neighbor, you've got to forgive yourself. It's a crazy thing, but it's necessary. It's super necessary to do. Because to fulfill loving God, you have to fulfill loving your neighbor. And how do you do that? Well, let me say this, how you can't do it. You can't do it without God. That's the paradox. That's the amazing thing. You can't love anybody that's unlovable without understanding the love of God. So let's go on. As I always like to do when I read just one particular scripture passage, is I like to read it in context, right? And not just pull something out, one or two little verses, but I like to read them in context. But before I do... Let me ask you guys a trivia question this morning, okay? This is for all you Bible scholars. No, really, it's for all of us. Does anybody recall what were the very last words that Jesus spoke while he was on earth? Does anybody recall that? Anybody have a guess? I saw your hand go up. Says, what was that? It is finished. That is the most common answer that I get, honestly. All right, because he said that when he was on the cross, right? But remember, he died on the cross and he was put in the tomb. And does anybody know what happened three days later? Anybody? He rose from the dead, right? And then he hung out for another 40 days. With his disciples. So here's the key. But thank you for answering that. Because here's the key. When Jesus got ready to actually leave the earth and ascend into heaven, he uttered his last words on earth. How many of you guys have ever heard about it, like a scenario where someone's getting ready to pass on and they, they will call for a, a family member, a loved one, maybe a pastor or a priest because... They want to say something really important before they pass. You familiar with the scenario? Like, I got something that's just burning in my heart, and and I got to tell somebody, right? 
familiar with that scenario? So here's Jesus, right? And he's getting ready to ascend to the Father. And so he too has this burning thing in his heart that he wants to leave with the disciples. Now I'm going to suggest this, because usually when that scenario is happening on earth, usually that's the most important thing on that person's mind who's getting ready to pass, right? This is to me. I want to suggest this morning that this is the very most important thing that Jesus wanted to leave with his disciples. So if you turn to Acts chapter 1, okay, if you have your Bible today, or if not, jot it down, and I would encourage you to look this up later. And I know Pastor Joel preached on this a few weeks ago. He and I talked about it. But in Acts chapter 1, these are Jesus' last words while he was on earth. And I'm going to turn there. Acts chapter 1. And I'm going to pick it up, as I mentioned to you. I'm going to pick this up and read just a little bit into context of this. And he says this, picking up in verse 6, Acts chapter 1, verse 6. Therefore, when they had come together, this is the disciples, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And here's what he said to them. It's not for you to know the times or the seasons, but the Father which has put his own authority. Now listen to this, verse 8, and I know Pastor Joel shared this with you guys, but you shall receive power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That, ladies and gentlemen, are our neighbors, okay? But listen to me. You cannot love, you cannot share God's love without his power. You see this? He said, I want you to be my witnesses, but if you wait on the Holy Spirit, I will give you the power, to be my witnesses. I will give you the power to love your neighbors. Church, we get this power from the Holy Spirit to be able to love our neighbor. Now, to finish off what I was saying, let's read verse 9. Now, as he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. So the very last thing that Jesus said on earth is, I want you to be my witnesses. Notice, he didn't say, make sure that you keep praying. Make sure that you keep attending church. Make sure that you keep singing in the choir, which are all fantastically great things, right? But the very most important thing on Jesus' mind, right before he gets taken up into heaven, is, hey, guys, be my witnesses. 
share my love for mankind. Share my love for humanity. Share my love with your neighbors. Right? Your neighbors are where? They're everywhere. So wherever you are, wherever you go. So listen, let me tell you about this witness part. If I witnessed a car accident, that means I saw it happen, right? So could I go to court two years later and tell what happened? Right? I'm still a witness. You understand what I'm saying? I saw it happen. When you meet Jesus, you become his witness. You know what happened. And you can tell about it today. You can tell about it next week. And you can tell about it next year. Because you are a witness. Right? He didn't say go witnessing occasionally. He said you are a witness. You should be able to tell about the love that I have for the world. Because how many of you know John 3.16? Right? You guys can probably quote John 3.16, right? Because God so loved the world, and he still loves the world. And if you're a witness to that, then you should be able to tell about that. You are his witness. Okay, let's go back to Mark chapter 16. And I promised that we would talk about this in context, okay? The Great Commission was given... To the disciples in Mark 16, it's also given in Matthew 28, but for this morning, we'll focus on Mark 16. And he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. But I want to put this into context for you. Again, showing the super importance to Jesus. How many of you would say this morning that you love Jesus? How many of you would say by a show of hands, I love Jesus? Great, at least four of you. That's awesome. (laughs) Totally kidding. But here's the thing. So when you love someone, you want to please them. Right? Those of you that are married, right? um, If you love your spouse, you should want to please them. And so what we do is we do things that we know pleases them. Right? So when you're in love with Jesus... You want to please him. So what pleases Jesus? When we do the thing that he said right before he left earth. So let's go to Mark 16, starting in verse 9. Listen to this. When Jesus rose. Now, I'm not talking about him getting out of bed. This is when he was actually resurrected. And I'll prove that here in a minute. Early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him who were mourning and weeping. So what did she do as soon as she saw Jesus? She ran and told everybody. He's alive. Why was that important? Because he said it was going to happen, right? He said it was going to happen. Afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. Oh, I'm sorry. Verse 11, I skipped. I'm sorry. When they heard that Jesus was alive, this is the other disciples that had walked with Jesus for up to three years. It says this, they did not believe it. His own disciples didn't believe Mary Magdalene, who just saw Jesus, 
And after Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country, these reported it to the rest. But here again, they did not believe them either. Interesting. How could you see Jesus and not believe him? And here it was. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven. Why is there only eleven? Anybody know? Why is there only eleven? There was originally how many? There was originally twelve. One of them was Judas, okay? Because he didn't believe either. But here's the thing. Jesus appeared to them as they were eating, and he rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. So realize that Jesus is already resurrected, right? And he comes and appears to his disciples. And so after Jesus was resurrected, he gave them the great commission. He's already crucified, died, buried to his disciples and visits them and gives them what? The Great Commission, which then are the two verses we read this morning, right? To go into all the world and preach the gospel, share the love of Christ, baptize them. And he said, man, if they listen to you, if they believe you and are baptized, they will be saved. Do you realize the importance of people's eternity, their eternal destination lies in our hands. Jesus thought it was important enough to give them the great commission. Like once again, he didn't say, guys, make sure you're praying enough. Make sure you're fasting enough. Make sure you're worshiping enough. Make sure you're this or that or the other. He said, no, I need you to go and tell. That was the very most important thing on Jesus' mind. And then fast forward to the book of Acts. He's getting ready to go to heaven. And he's like, one more time, guys. I need you to be my witnesses. So let me share a couple things that's been going on. I I, kind of promised Pastor Joel I would give you guys an update on what's happening with Revive Ohio. And with my family, uh, as you guys so graciously as a church help us, uh, support us financially and with your prayers. And I want to give you an update today. So uh, we're walking out this great commission. We're learning how to love our neighbors. We're learning how to love God and love our neighbors at the same time. And we've been going about this now for four years. So, yeah, four years ago, I walked out of the pulpit. I left I left my church ministry and being a worship leader for 25 plus years, I walked away from all of that. And I also walked away from a very secure 40 hour a week job. But it's because God called me to do that. And here I am four years later and my family's with me today and we're still walking this out. Because of great people's prayers, great people's financial support, we're able to keep going. And I've got some really exciting news, and I'm going to try to go fast. 
for time's sake this morning. We've got some really exciting news about something new, like a new chapter in this journey. So I am the chairman of Revive Ohio. We've been doing this in Ohio now for four years. We've been invited into 15 communities now where these communities say, we want to have revival. We want to learn, literally, how to love our neighbors. Because honestly, you read that and you go, okay, yeah, I get it. But then don't you ever wonder, like, well, how do you do that? How do you really love your neighbor? Like, I don't know, it doesn't go on and give us any more, right? It just says that. Well, how do you really practically do that? So we're actually called to come alongside the church, the body of Christ, to say, well, let's discover in a really practical sense how we can do that as the body of Christ. How can we love our neighbor? How can we share the gospel with them? And those things that I mentioned before, you know, about maybe kissing your neighbor, hugging them, giving them a high five. Okay, that may be fine, right? And God may call you to do that. But really, here's the best way that we found to love someone. Right. And we ask them this. How can I pray for you? And that you're thinking, well, that's really weird. That that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But think about this. No matter what their need is, whether it's a financial need, maybe it's a health need, maybe it's any kind of need that they have. You're asking, can I ask the creator of the universe to intervene into your situation? Is that not the best way? Like. God can love them way better than I can. And all I'm doing is stepping in and I'm asking our Father, Father, will you help them? Right? I'm asking. To me, that's the best way I can love them. Because I may not be able to meet that financial need that they have right now. But I know the one that can. I may not be able to heal their physical body right now. But I know the one that can. Do you understand what I'm saying? So for me and for my family, the best way that we have, the best tools that we have to love someone, to love our neighbor, is to pray for them and ask God to do what he does, right, and intervene in their life. And then what we do is we take that conversation and we share the gospel with them, right? We teach them what the Bible says about becoming a Christian, right? And, and you might think, because many of us do this, when we just run in Christian circles all of our life, we think that's the way the world is. And I'm telling you, I have met people out on the streets, in Ohio, in our local communities, that never heard about Jesus. We just assume that everybody's heard about him. Okay, well, they don't tell about him in school, and if they don't tell about him in their own family, there's a good chance they've never heard of Jesus. And I'll be honest, I'm astonished. I'm astonished. And people go, I, 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 never heard, I never heard about him. Or they heard something about Jesus that it has nothing to do with Jesus. Do you understand? And so who will go? Who will say? Who will love? on their neighbor enough to say, let me tell you about what he's done for me. And people think this all the time. They go, well, what if I get asked a hard question? I said, then tell them you don't have the answer. 
be honest. But here's what I do know. I know what he's done for me. Right? That's it. What does God expect you to do? Just tell about what he's done for you. So as we continue this journey, and I'm going to wrap up with this, we are now launching uh, a new ministry arm to Revive Ohio. So typically our model has been that we work with communities, and it usually takes about 6 to 12 months to partner with pastors, churches, community leaders, and all that. And as we gather and we pray and we're asking the Lord to help us discern this revival, well, it dawned on me that we need to go more. We need to be out there and doing and loving and sharing even more. So the Lord gave me this idea, and he said this, mobilize what you're doing. Because we come into a community, we come into a city, and we work with the churches, and we go in and we help teach and equip and train the people in the churches. But I want to do more because I love Jesus. I want to do more for him. I want to love on more neighbors than I'm already loving on. And so God gave me this idea, if we mobilize what we do, we can go out into the neighborhoods. We can go out into the community. We can go into a parking lot somewhere. We can go out into a neutral place and we can set up and we can love on more neighbors. So I'm calling it Revive Mobile. It's still connected to Revive Ohio. It's still connected to Time to Revive. But we are now blessed with what we're putting together is this small caravan of vehicles where we can go neighborhood to neighborhood and from community to community and love on more people. While the weather's good in Ohio, we need to get busy, right? Because what's happening, you give them some food, you give them some things to to bless their bodies, you give them some clothing for less fortunate people, you give them some sanitary supplies that they could use, you go out and you give these things away, and guess what? The people come, and then guess what? I can love on them. I'm already loving on them like I'm loving on my neighbor, right, by giving them some things that they physically need, but then ultimately the best thing that I can offer them is a prayer to ask my Heavenly Father to help in their situation. And so we are launching Revive Mobile. We have been given, I got a phone call from a guy I know, and he says, hey, my agency is retiring a minibus. Would you be interested in it? And wouldn't you know, God had given me this vision to mobilize what we're doing. That guy had no idea that that was on my heart. And he called me up. And then a few days later, literally another pastor from another church called me up and he said, we're getting ready to retire our 15-passenger van because we don't use it as a church anymore. Would you be interested in something like that? And I'm like, wow, this is coming together and God's providing this. And now we also need a mobile baptismal trailer because Here's the deal, honestly. We desire to partner with the local church to bring people into church. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but people are not just beating down the doors of the local church anymore to get in there. We have to go get them. And so here's what we've learned. There's people out there 
that don't know the Lord, and we get an opportunity to introduce them to the Lord. And many times this happens. The people want to get baptized. It happens a lot. Like, I'm now... I'm now born again. I now love Jesus like I'm aware of him and he loves me and I want to get baptized. And so we want to be able to provide that for them and connect them with the local church. So I'm ending with this. (laughs) So this is amazing. So we're mobilizing and we're going into the neighborhoods. But again, it's a partnership. So on behalf of the body of Christ, on behalf of the church, We want to mobilize and go love on more neighbors than we've ever loved on before. Because the love of Christ compels us. 2 Corinthians 5 tells us that Jesus' love compels us to go. And we want to keep going. And so if you are moved or unctioned or anything this morning by God... We've got a little table set up in the back. If you have any questions about what all that looks like, I could talk for another 10 hours, but I won't. I'll spare you. But I do want to share this vision with you guys and say, first of all, thank you for walking with us these last four years. And God is still moving. He's still doing things. He's still loving on people. He's still healing bodies, right? He's still wanting us to go and be witnesses. So thank you so much for your time this morning. And my family will be back at the table if you have any questions or you want to partner with us. uh, Please feel free to prayerfully consider that. So thank you guys so much today. Thank you, Mark, for our message this morning and for updating us on all the exciting things that are going on. All right, at this time, I'm going to invite the kids to come forward. And as they're coming forward, I'm going to give you a little update about how VBS went. We had an amazing week. It was so much fun. God did amazing things. Um, Our kids learned about building their life on the firm foundation of Jesus. And this year, we had two mission projects. One of those was to raise money for the All Glaze Family Life Center. And our kids set a record this year. We raised $4,165 for the All Glaze Family Life Center. I'm pretty sure that's a VBS record. And it was all done through them. They also brought in almost 700 canned good items for Agape Ministries as well. So it's amazing what the Lord can do through willing students, right? So every year at VBS, there's always a moment um, that I'm reminded of why we do this and why it's so important. This year, there were a few of those. Um, As I was walking by a classroom one morning, I saw all the students gathered around one particular kid, and they were praying for him. They had hands laid on him. They were praying for him because his ear hurt. That's the reason we do VBS, right? And then we gave away six Bibles to kids who made decisions to follow Christ. That's the reason we do VBS every single year. And I saw the Lord working through the teachers, through the helpers, as they just poured out their love for him, into our kids this year. So I really wish you could see all of what went on at VBS this week. Um, we had an awesome week. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your support. We could not do this without our community. 
Um, and I'm going to stop talking now because these kids have some songs to share with you. And I think right now we will do the first, the theme song. The theme song kind of shows what we learned all week. Um, so we'll do that song and then we'll head out and go sing at the Methodist church. Sound good? All right. Go ahead, guys. guys would stand for the benediction this morning. They leave. We'll head on out to you. So it says not from Ephesians. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think according to the power that is at work within us to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You may go in peace. I was walking the wayside 
Cry. 